Hi, this is Ross Fisher at P-Cubed Podcasting. Lost in time, like tears in rain. It strikes me that the majority of presentations that are given by the majority of people who give them are lost in time, like tears in rain. And that's not through a lack of care, a lack of dedication, but through the nature of the delivery of their presentations. I'd like you to consider the following sounds and what you would do if you heard them. As evidence-based practitioners, most of us would undertake some form of cardiopulmonary resuscitation, artificial ventilation and cardiac compression in the way that we've been taught. The techniques that we use, we hope, are evidence-based, effective, and usually they are widely shared. The reality of how effective that is, is of course open to question. If we consider how this improves over time, we've moved away from the use of the Sylvester technique of artificial ventilation, of placing a needle into the oracle of the heart to, quote, stimulate it, or undertaking cardiac compressions by an upper midline laparotomy, to the point at which our resuscitation techniques are much more evidence-based. My challenge to you is, are your presentation techniques evidence-based? And are they effective? There's a lot of science involved in assessment of whether presentations work or not, but most of those have not been read by those who deliver presentations. There's a great paper by Coslin in the Journal of Psychology in 2012 that addressed the nature of PowerPoint presentations to see if they were effective. It was clear that many of the respondents that they asked recognised that PowerPoint was not effective. Their particular difficulty was figuring out why. Coslin et al. suggested up to 93 psychological principles that PowerPoint, in the standard annotative presentation that we receive, breaks psychological principles. And it's on the basis of this that we can address a scientific flaw in the nature of presentations. The reality is that text has to be interpreted by a viewing audience. We have to make sense of script for it to be comprehended. And so as soon as script is on a board, we will attempt to make sense of this. If at the same time as a speaker is talking, the audience is trying to read, that means the audience member is trying to process spoken and written information at the same time. If, in addition, the audience member then tries to write, it is simply impossible to undertake three individual processes at one time. This, of course, highlights the fact that whilst these three processes are being struggled to be undertaken, the listener is not thinking. 
it is not possible to undertake four individual processes at the same time, even if you're a woman and can multitask. This is the concept known as cognitive load. Simple psychological experiments have been undertaken to assess this. Taking the same auditory input, the lecturer, to two different groups of medical students supporting one talk with the standard annotative text-based presentation and to the other group of students with supportive illustrative material. Assessing the students at the end of one week with a multiple choice paper to determine which group retained the most information, it is clear that the illustrative group had a much better retention of facts. And this was further highlighted at four weeks repeating the test. The evidence is clear that an annotative presentation hinders learning. It does so due to cognitive load. Another principle which certainly impairs the retention of knowledge is the so-called dual processing of multimedia learning theory. Whilst this sounds complex, at its most basic, it is the annotation of images that probably has audiences in a position where they feel they are being patronised by the speaker. A simple example is that whilst small children enjoy being read to, it makes no sense that scientific meetings with people of great learning sit in the audience and are read to like children. At some point, the learning, the processing, is lost, and this is probably due to some form of perception of being patronised. It is worth highlighting once again the concept behind P-cubed. Every presentation is made up of three parts. A presentation, a presentation and a presentation. P1, the first presentation, is the data that is to be delivered to the audience. P2 is the supportive media and P3 is the delivery of that. The product of these three parts is the value of the presentation the p-cubed value. To improve our presentations, we need to address each part individually. We need to consider that the so-called slidement, the bastard child of your slide and document, delivered as one on the stage, is not the way to deliver a presentation. The slidement is the problem where p1 equals p2 equals p3 where our slidement is our script. It's everything we want the audience to hear and it's everything we want the audience to read. That therefore significantly affects the way we deliver our presentation. Beginning with the P1, it is important to consider that rather than a download of a huge quality of data, what we're looking to do is deliver a short, single message. This might be considered as analogous to a URL of a web page. That URL may be complex, but by retaining it, either writing it down or taking a QR code, the audience can then, at a later date, visit a website and download more complex information. The example I usually use is hashtag HTDAP, how to do a presentation. If you type that directly into Google, this will take you straight to my webpage and the page on how to do a presentation. 
we need to consider the message that we deliver in a presentation as something that, whilst it may be complex, a single message is important, and a method of retaining it, such as a simple hashtag, is much more efficient than attempting a huge data download of large volume of facts. We need to consider, therefore, the aim in the presentation we are delivering. We need to consider the specific audience needs from the talk rather than our need to deliver to the audience, and what the objective of the talk is. A useful example is to consider the picture of the Reichstag covered in material. The aim of the artists was to cover the Reichstag. The objective was something completely different. Rather than concentrate on teaching, it's better in a presentation to consider learning. Within this, it's useful to have a structure, not as complex as the majority of presentations, which just list fact after fact after fact, but three steps towards a goal. Thus, in a presentation on improving presentations, we start with the audience needs of a standard approach to death by PowerPoint, and the place at which I wish, I wish them to be at the end of the presentation, understanding a structure on science of why presentations fail. That simply is quite tedious, and so into that is built the so-called arc of the presentation, with three steps. Understanding the science of fail of presentations, the concept behind improving presentations, and some of the problems behind them, thus leading the audience directly to the point at which they would like to undertake that change. A useful skill in delivering a presentation is the construction of an elevator pitch. In business, the idea of an elevator pitch is such that if you had a new business that you were to pitch to the chief executive at one of those glass and chrome edifices in town, and as you got into the lift to go up on the day of your pitch, the door is shut and a hand comes between the door. In steps a very sophisticated lady who says, Who are you? You explain and say, my name's Ross. I've come to deliver a pitch to the chief executive on my new business proposal. She says, well, you're in luck. She presses the button on the 30th floor and says, you have 30 floors. Tell me. The challenge there is to deliver something that intrigues, that engages, that questions, that stimulates interest in those 30 seconds. And I would challenge you, relative to the last presentation you gave, could you fulfil the elevator pitch? In 30 seconds, as the lift gets to the top floor, would the chief executive then put her hand out on the button and say, tell me more? An elevator pitch should cover probably the why of what you are speaking about. It might involve the who, the what and the how, but basically three sentences that in your elevator ride would grab the audience such that they would want to come and attend your presentation. For instance, I believe that effective communication is the goal of every presentation and yet few are truly engaging. I believe the P-cubed presentation approach will dramatically change the way you deliver presentations. Are you interested? Of course you are. That's an elevator pitch.
It's then useful in a presentation to have something that the audience might come back to. The hashtag HTDAP is memorable, in the same way a glass slipper is memorable. On the basis of the glass slipper, you can immediately return to the film of Cinderella and rebuild her talk. And it is useful in presentations to have something that is so-called sticky. This comes from a book called Ideas Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. The concept is, your presentation should be memorable, not simply because it's different, but something about it, like the glass slipper, that will allow the audience, once they have left the room, to rebuild your presentation to get back to the key points, to understand the message you were trying to deliver. In P1, it's about changing the what of our data into a so what for the audience. P2, the supportive media, needs to be improved dramatically to make changes in the value of our presentations, principally because most of them are distracting and heavily text-based. We understand that the media should be supportive. It should be possible for you to deliver your presentation without your media. Clearly this is difficult at some points, but highlights the fact that many of us lean heavily upon our media for our delivery. Remember from the study at the beginning, the suggestion that illustrative media, images, are much more valuable than text-based annotative it's important, therefore, having constructed the P1, the story of your delivery, to then storyboard it with individual steps that then may or may not require to be illustrated. Importantly, whilst improving our presentations, we should not consider that every single step needs an illustration. Otherwise, it turns into a slideshow. It's about supporting the message with individual and appropriate slides. These slides can be constructed to support a message, to support a theme, and to support the idea that makes it sticky, thus moving away from the slide you meant. Our supportive media can no longer be our slide set. There are many reasons why the script is ineffective as supportive media. The challenge, therefore, is to break the bad habits that we have learned from our colleagues. The first thing to do is to reduce the amount of text. My strong suggestion is to reduce text to virtually zero. Single words, single phrases are acceptable on a slide, but no more. We should explain using images, supporting with images, rather than having large text-based approaches to supporting our presentation. We need to consider that any image should be on its own, that it should be of high quality, and bleed to the edge of the slide. There is no value in having a frame of white around a slide, there is no value in having a poor quality image, and there is no value in having more than one image on the slide, as the audience simply cannot focus on two things at once. Clip art should never, ever, ever be used. It's pathetic and patronising and only devalues the talk that you are delivering. We should consider our data slides as being able to be read within three seconds. 
That's the amount of time a bus will take passing you, and yet you are able to make sense of an advert on the bus. It's important, therefore, that we strip out the data we wish to deliver in a data slide from the complexity of a table that it may have been sourced from in a document and make that clearly available to the audience. At no time should you introduce a slide with the fateful words, I apologise for this busy slide. If the slide is busy, take it out. We need to recognise that it's important for the audience to see the data, but not to feel that they have to interpret the data. That is the role of the speaker. If data is required to be delivered, make it clear, make it available within three seconds, and please don't use pie charts. Why do I say pie charts? Simply because pie charts are actually the latest fashion. They're not effective as we cannot understand the differences in degrees of a circle under about one-third of the arc of a circle. The use of colour, whilst pretty, is exceptionally difficult to interpret, and most people forget that one in nine men are colourblind. With these concepts in hand, our presentation, the P2, will significantly improve. With these improvements in the P2, it then becomes supportive to our talk rather than the whole purpose of the talk. It's important to recognise that it is no longer the script and therefore allows the speaker to turn and engage the audience in a much more effective way. This does not mean that large quantities of text and data and images and PDF files cannot be transferred to the audience, but the means of doing so should be in a handout, ideally an electronic download to save some trees, but certainly available at the end of the presentation so the audience can concentrate on the message that you are trying to deliver. There is no value in using slides as a handout, but great value in understanding a hashtag such as HTDAP that the audience might visit later to download the information that's of value. One book that I strongly recommend you buy is Presentation Zen by Gar Reynolds. It's a beautiful book, it's well explained, it's well illustrated and has changed my life. In terms of P2, the method of improving is to consider illustrating our talk rather than annotating it. Which leads us to P3, the delivery on the day. As I highlighted at the very beginning, it's essential that we deliver the talk effectively. The greatest presentation with the greatest support of media, if support which you cannot hear, is entirely ineffectual. We have to recognise, therefore, that this is a performance, not a reading. And it's true in performance that practice is essential. Practice is not simply repetition of your text, but understanding by forced and effective practice the flow of the talk, the nature of the problems that you'll encounter, what can go wrong in the way that you deliver your talk, such that on the day that it is most important, you deliver the best presentation possible. In terms of delivery, we need to recognise that the audience are not our enemy. Have you ever, 
watched a presentation and hoped that the presenter would fail? Of course not. The audience is on your side as a presenter. They want to hear what you've got to say. And when we stop recognizing them as a threat and start to engage with them, the value of our presentation improves hugely. Additionally, we need to recognize that this is a performance, that you need to be a different person that you are day to day when you step onto the stage. It doesn't matter whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whether you're used to speaking in public or not. On this day, on this occasion, you need to step up and perform. It's important we recognize that on the day of the presentation, sometimes things will not go as planned. This, however, should not stop us from delivering our presentation. Preparation in advance will allow us to cope with most things. The next presentation you deliver will be the greatest presentation in your world. Realistically, if you don't believe that, you probably shouldn't be giving the presentation. But, I believe, having spent this time to listen to the podcast and considering your presentation, you will understand that you will deliver a better presentation than you have done before. P3 needs to be a performance, not a reading. To summarize, I believe that improving our P1, our data, we need to recognize the what and change that into a so what for the audience. In terms of the P2, we need to consider illustration rather than annotation. And in terms of the P3, we need to understand that this is a performance, not a reading. I finish many of the talks that I give by quoting from the film Blade Runner. In the final scene, the character Batty has a soliloquy where he talks about amazing things that he has seen. I believe that we need to consider the amazing things that he is talking about, the presentations, the stories, the research, the business plans that we have got. And this is how he finishes. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. I've seen attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I've seen sea beams glitter in the dark at the Tannhauser Gate. All of those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. Wouldn't it be amazing if your next presentation made it out of the auditorium and lasted longer than tears in rain? I truly believe you have amazing stories to tell. You have groundbreaking research to share. You have business plans that will change the place in which you work. If you change the nature of the delivery of your presentation, that will last longer than tears in rain.